Kane looking for Ali, and he's broken through. Deli Ali! Oh, that was a cute finish! And is it going to be enough to finish Arsenal off and give Spurs sweet, sweet revenge here for their league defeat and a place in the last four of this competition? You're listening to the Spurs News Christmas Special. Now, please, welcome your ho-hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new special Christmas edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by my partner in crime, Matt. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I mean, like, at Christmas... You know, they, we're probably not going to get any snow, are we? You know, but no. there's a part of there's a part of London that's definitely what's well, white now, and it's definitely definitely going to be white over Christmas, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was it was red for about as long as some traffic lights, but uh, we'll we'll move on from that because I I'm in this wonderful place where I no longer feel the need to celebrate taking selfies and dancing around like I've won the World Cup. Because it's just just Arsenal. Being yeah. Arsenal is what it is now. It's, Absolutely. You know. it, yes, that's the thing, mate. In all, in all seriousness, uh, it's one of those things where if you beat a club that's bigger than you, that's yeah. when you that's when you really celebrate because it's unexpected. It yeah. So to, sh- to just to see the difference between the reactions of the two games, that's all that's all the evidence you need to see which yeah. club's the biggest. That the power has shifted. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, this is the Christmas special. It's a jam-packed show full of lots of fun and frivolity. Um, we have uh, an advent calendar with some messages behind it. Uh, would you like me to open up the first door on our advent calendar? Go for it, mate. Are, are you sure? I mean, I've given this a bit of a build-up. It's not, not that amazing. Not the first one, anyway. Um, but yeah, here here we go. The first door in our advent calendar for our Christmas special. It's time to open another door on our advent calendar. Hi guys, Spurs News down here. Just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Come on, you Spurs. Oh, that was fellow admin and giant pain in the ass from Hull, Dan... <laughs> Who's saying a Merry Christmas to everyone? He was the first door we've opened. That was nice, wasn't it? It was. It was nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my friend, we got to talk about the Arsenal game, haven't we? Oh, do we have to, mate? You know. <laughs> God, you know what? I just. It's one of them. It's one of them games where, in hindsight, so after the game, I said, "Oh, that was quite comfortable, wasn't it?" And it, it never, it never is comfortable watching them, but. In hindsight, it, it was a comfortable win, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I know Gazaniga pulled off a couple of great saves, but there, you know, there was only one team that was going to win that, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think every Spurs fan could say it. I've watched North London derbies all my life, and to be honest, with you, even when they were by far and away the better side, there were still games where we were really in it, and you were kind of like on the edge of your seat. Yeah, but. I, last night I felt pretty relaxed watching it, and yeah, I don't. I, I I couldn't make my mind up if that was because I genuinely don't care that much about the League Cup anymore. You know, Pox finally had his way with me. I've given up <laughs> on the League Cup. I have no idea. Possibly it was that, but actually I think upon reflection, it was just that we looked 
far more like ourselves in that game yeah. than we did in the league game. Now, there, there's two ways of looking at that. One, Arsenal were not at us at all like they were in that league game. Mm. Um, we had time to kind of settle into the game, whereas in the league game, they were in our faces non-stop for, yeah, for the from whole the game. First minute. Yeah, I, I remember so, we were saying, weren't we, in like the first 20 minutes, they're just battering us, aren't they? And yeah. that, It was such a shock to go into that, that game at half-time winning. It was just like, how on earth has that happened? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, they were the better side on the day. They won the game. We yeah. were the better side last night, and we won the game. And I think... It, one-off games, sides can, you know, football's football. Look at the FA Cup. Uh, you know, teams in the Vanarama Premier League South, by Southwest Division League Four can suddenly beat a Premier League team because yeah. it's 11 against 11. It's, you know, it's a one-off game. Um, I, I always found, and, you know, Tottenham have been guilty of this in the past as well. I'm not saying we're immune to this, but when you over-celebrate a one-off game like that, you know, if you win a cup final in a one-off game, yeah, you celebrate like hell. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's it. But in a league game or something like that, when you over-celebrate it, like they, they did, their fans, their players, their every last one of them, even their new coach was trying to play it down. Like, yeah, everyone needs to chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of set yourselves up, really. Now, if they'd done a number on us again last night, I'd have come away from it thinking, "Damn, you know, they, you know, that coach has got Pock's number. That team are really up for beating us every time we play them. We need to sort that out." But last night, they didn't look close to us, and you know, right. the fact that Kane sat on the bench, came on sixty-something seconds, and he puts Delhi through. Yeah, and I mean they just didn't have an answer to him at all. You no. know, the Arsenal defenders basically resorted to diving when Kane was physical with them, or trying to kick lumps out of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we won the game two 0 What was your opinion of the referee last night? I thought he was quite lenient, to be honest. Like yeah, there, there was times like yeah. that. You know that? Um, I think it was in the first half when Sissoko. Uh, uh, did a challenge and yeah. it, it, it on replay it, it was a it was a, a f- perfectly good challenge you can yeah. see he won the ball yeah. but you can see so many referees giving that because yeah. even the first two replays I watched I was like oh blimey he's got away with that and then the third replay when you see it from the other side from yeah. where the referee was looking that's yeah. when you realise he got the ball and he, he did come across quite lenient I, I, I think he had a good game I am I, 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 um... My my big criticism of referees at the moment is not around so much the individual performances. Anyone can have an off day, make mistakes, we're all human. I My big criticism of referees at the moment is actually more about the, the standard across all of them and the continuity of decisions. Mm. So... You look at the you look at like last night. Referees have actually got the power in a game to stop the game for the player's safety. Mm. Now Deli Alley's been cracked in the head of a bottle. Yeah. It was a plastic bottle. Deli shook it off. Yeah. If that had happened in Europe, that player would have gone down and stayed down and well, the, the know, thing, be... yeah, the thing it had water it had water in it or drink in yeah. it and a lid on, so that's quite a weight yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's going to have stung a bit, yeah. but you know, fair play to him for just kind of taking it, turning around, and you know pointing out to him that his shirt number's 20. <clears throat> um, but you, you look at that, the referee, for me, in that instance, has got a duty of care to the players. And Delhi was trying to make that point to him, which is, how am I, you know, my position is out here at the moment. You want me just to stand here and get stuff thrown at me. Mm-hmm. And mm. the referee, for me, in that instance, should have stopped the game and said to the stewards, that guy needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we ain't leaving. This game ain't carrying on until he's gone. And 
I'll tell you for this, nothing motivates people to shift their ass or, or to put their hand up than 5,000 fans looking round at them like, oi, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all know it was you. Yeah, yeah. Sling your hook. Well, to be fair, I don't think, because it was Tottenham, I don't think they would have given him up, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I generally don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that people are when the tribal mindset subsides of the cold reality of, oh my God, someone just threw something at somebody. Yeah. But but then again, I can never understand the mentality of that. And that's football fans, not just Arsenal fans. I can never understand the mentality of, oh, he's wearing a shirt of a team I don't like. I'm going to throw something at his head. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I, it reminds me, I I, um, I think I might have mentioned to you in the past, I, I've been going to a f- few more away games but, but, uh, yeah. up until this season. The only one I'd been to was uh, Sunderland, which is uh, the team my, yeah, my brother-in-law yeah. supports. And the first one I went to, I think I might mention it as well, the one where Darren Bent... Um, it, we'd sold him that season, I think, and yeah. they just—I think they tonked us, didn't they? Like four-one or something. In it, where he scored two penalties, but also uh, missed. missed it, yeah. yeah, and when he scored the first one, to be fair, he did wind us up because he sort of was celebrating in front of us, and it was like yeah. kind of you just played for us, you know. But someone—it yeah. f- uh, turned out a, a young girl fr- threw a bottle at him, and it—and I think it what? missed him, but she yeah. she got a huge ban, rightly so, rightly so. Yeah. And I yeah, remember well, think—I remember thinking at the time like. The, you're probably right. I wasn't thinking, yeah, he deserves that. I was like, well, you've gone too far now, you know. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, upset look, us I, all. In the heat of a moment, someone does that in front of you and you scream abuse at them to go, you know, yeah. question their parentage and yeah. the fact they should perhaps fornicate by themselves for a while. <laughs> yeah, in that heat of that moment, I think when everyone takes a step back, it's done, it's done, it's dusted, and let's move on. But to, but there, for me, there's a line. Yeah. And that line is, you know, look at the situation with Eric Dyer in that game. Eric Dyer in the last North London derby shushed the fans who have been giving him absolute stick. Mm. And then he scored. Yeah, Perfect yeah. way of shutting him up. And he did it. A little ruckus broke out. The players separated themselves. I'm, I'm a rugby guy. So to me, that was just hilarious watching them <laughs> fight in air quotes. But then we find out that that evening, whilst he's heading home in a car, an Arsenal fan is knocking L out of the window. That's right. I saw that. Talking yeah. about hitting him. Talking about, you know, open the door then. I'm going to have you. I mean, one, Eric Dyer would have murdered the idiot. Yeah. And then, but two, why? Why do you care? You've just won a game. Celebrate. Be happy. Why do you want to get up in someone's face and fight mm. them? I don't understand that mentality at all. Yeah, you're right. That's what I don't understand as well. Like you've won, haven't you? Like you, yeah. if it, no one, the only people that should be angry are the losers, not the winners. Yeah. yeah. What 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 planet are you on that you think going up to a professional football? And to be honest with you, I blame a little bit around the social media because the guy did it and stuck it straight on Twitter. Yeah. Like, look at me, yeah. everybody. Absolutely. My favourite thing about it though was the fact that every comment. Every comment was "You're an idiot." You're trying, yeah, there yeah. was no support for him at all. Even Arsenal fans, everyone was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Good. What what yeah. planet are you on, you prat?" <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was just stupid. But focusing on the game, I thought Sissoko was immense. Um, yeah, the guy can't finish. We're all just gonna have to accept that, okay? We're all just gonna have to accept when we see the ball to him. Just remember Didier Sakura, okay? <laughs> Do, do you know what? When, oh, the, yeah. the, my wife was watching the game with me, and uh, yeah. she's Ooh, become she was a, brave. I know, yeah, she's become a true Tottenham fan now. And she said, "Do you know what?" She went, "I, I, I don't." I, I put it. She goes, "I don't even know the, even understand the offside rule." She said, "But yeah. now, when I see anyone in an Arsenal shirt, she said, I get that that anger inside me." I said, "Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> so, that's lovely." But when but when uh, Sizoko 
I took a shot. She was like, does he realise that the ball's got to go under the bar? And I was like, that's yeah, right. that, that's his ochre for you. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's absolutely, his game now is like, you know, but take away the shot. He had a fantastic game. Yeah. Really, really like, he, like it's, it's now to the point with him where I was always worried that it was like, oh, you know, he was so bad that if he has an average game, you know, yeah. he's, he's done well. Now he plays well. It's, no, you know, no, it's, you're right. Yeah. It's become when an integral you... part of our team, I think. Uh, you go back a few podcasts, me and you, I think, said that he set the bar so low, basically, if he went onto the pitch and didn't fall over his own feet, we were like, yes. He's had a good game. <laughs> yes, step up, Musa, step up this week, my friend. Now, it's actually, he's consistent. Really and yeah. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the guy needs a random drugs test because <laughs> from minute one to minute 90, he is doing sprints. I was going to say that. Engine. Yeah. And I am like, how? And not only is he doing that in these games, when was the last time we fielded a team without Sissoko in it? Yeah, he just plays all he's the time. He's playing every game, non-stop, <laughs> and he's just going. I mean, uh, I, I'm blown away by the transformation. I mean, yeah, me too. if if we're ever going to go to Pochino and say, you've done some great coaching. And by the way, in Pock's book, uh, A Brave New World, or whatever it's called, there was a line when we signed Musa Sissoko that Pochettino wrote himself into his diary, which was, Daniel Levy's completed the deal. He, you know, he obviously thinks that I can coach him. You know, time will tell or something like that. Or like, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, it's taken three years, but well done, Poch. <laughs> well done. You've done it eventually. Although you to got s- there. I mean, it, the, the way Sissoko was playing when we first signed him... I think three years is amazing. I, you know, I can I could see him going to some clubs and never becoming this player that he's no. suddenly become in the last dozen games. It it makes you wonder how many players have been written off too soon. Yeah. Um. But also, it it just it it just reinforces to me the importance of the personality and the profile of the player. Yeah. Because clearly, the coaches and pot thought this is a guy we want to have around the squad. He's not causing trouble. He's part of the team. He's part of the squad. Everybody gets on with him. And in training, he was obviously showing them enough in training constantly that they all felt, you know, there's there's a player here. Mm. There's a guy there. We just got to get the confidence from him. And I think I said it to you before. The minute that ironic kind of wake me up before you go-go, who needs bell when you got Sissoko song yeah. started... He suddenly started to lift, He's mad, isn't and it? and yeah. it was like the fans were like, "Actually, this is working. Yeah. They're singing his name more." <laughs> and if there was ever a burning indictment to what Mickey Hazard said during his interview on this podcast, which is the fans supporting a player can make the difference. When a guy's on fire and he's scored a hat trick, yeah, sing his name, but you yeah. don't need you to sing his name at that point. When a guy's having a bad game or a bad run of games, that's when he needs to lift. And it was almost like that lift gave him his confidence back. He had a couple of good games, and now all of a sudden, yeah, he's 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 an integral part of the team, the squad. See, I, I, I do you know what, Sam? I know we only get a few hundred listeners, but I'm sure yeah. that it was down to us. I'm sure that there was people listening to this who go to the, go to all the uh, home and away games. They've they've created this, so it's it's no it, it's too much of a coincidence for it to happen after the, the Mickey Hazard interview. I'm, Sorry, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna credit us for this, Sam. Just just to clarify, Pox coaching doesn't mean crap. We did this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Why the why the hell not? I'm up for that. Listen, um, listen. It's too much of a coincidence. He's had him for three years. We yeah. we play the interview we, with Mickey Hazard, yeah. and then what do you know? Like three months later, Sissoko's yeah. this player after singing yeah. singing his name. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah we did this. Um, I also thought that Danny Rose as captain was brilliant. brilliant. Uh, his, yep. his post-match remarks have been making me smile all day yep. as well. If you've not seen them, check our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Spurs News. The Danny Rose interview with the London Evening Standard is on the page in full. It's fun. Um, yeah, I thought to a man, they all played very well. I want to give a very special mention as well to Ben Davis, who had a couple of moments, as did Paolo in goal, but to be honest with you, they then recovered. And sometimes you're going to have a moment and a wobble in a game. It's how you you know, how you know, move forward from that. Cool. He's playing in central defence at Premier League level games. And yeah, he's done very well. He's done a real job for us. And, and again, goes to show the importance of the squad we have and the versatility of the players we have within that squad. I, I don't I can't think of another situation where Ben Davis and Danny Rose played together at the same time. I you know it has been it's been really eye opening actually the the coaching level that we've seen. Mrs. Sotoko now looks like a central midfielder and Ben Davis suddenly looks like a central defender. It's it's <laughs> It's bizarre. You know? all, all you need is Michel Vorm to stick on, to go up front in the next game and stick a hat trick past somebody, and I'm I'm blown away. But um, Paolo Gazzaniga. Yeah, um, do you know what? He's looking mean, isn't he, at the moment with his new haircut? I yeah, that was he lost a bet to Eric Lamella. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, they had they had a bet on the. I can't pronounce it, but basically the the Boca game that kept getting cancelled and they ended up having to play in Spain because <laughs> of the right. crowd trouble. Uh, yeah, they had a bet and uh, he lost and yeah and Eric Lamella got to shave his head. Awesome. So um, awesome. he looks badass. Um, I know <laughs> he played a few, badass. Uh, I know a few female and a couple of male Spurs fans were very hurt to see his hair go, but don't worry, people, <laughs> it'll grow back. But uh, yeah, Gazaniga. Uh, He's had a phenomenal season. Really. Yes. Uh, yeah. When he comes into the side, I don't feel the level's dropping at all at the moment. I, I think Hugo needs to perhaps look at this and up his level, to be well, honest with you. Well, the thing is, you look, Sam, as well, Like one of uh, Hugo's biggest criticisms is his distribution. Both, and both of our goals, yeah. Yeah, they were both from Grazaniga, weren't they? Yeah. They were both picking out players. Yeah, well, you have to excuse me a second, Matt. I'm just having another drink. This is the Christmas special, and I've got whiskey in this Coke. Mm. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Yep, cheers. Um, this this podcast could go downhill in a hurry, <laughs> by the way. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of all I want to say on the Arsenal game, really, because it was a comprehensive win. We're through to the semi-final. Uh, shock horror, we didn't draw Burton. Uh, we've drawn Chelsea. Uh, the home leg will be at Wembley, but the date's not confirmed yet. The one downside, a bit of news that came out this morning, is, of course, Sonny's off to the Asia Cup. Um, I'm a bit gutted about that. He's going to miss the second leg of the semi-final. Uh, three free games and potentially, if we reach it, the fourth round of the FA Cup. Uh, I think he's been brilliant for us, yeah. you know, since he got his fitness back. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, his finish last night, when he goes through one-on-one, I tend not to think he's going to bury it, to be honest with you. Mm. I tend to think Sonny, when he's got too much time to think about it, misses. But last night, cool as a cucumber, slotted it away. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, showed the Arsenal fans behind the goal the badge that he's wearing, which, you know, just immediately made me love him even more. <laughs> 
But I, yeah, I think we're going to miss him, man. It's a, it's a big shame for me, and not only just miss him because he's sunny and he's a great player, but miss him because of the squad. You know, you look at the injury list we got right now, and you look at the fact that we're not really looking like we're going to sign anybody in January. Hashtag double tattoo. <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a bit saddened by I, that. Yeah, I mean, listen, Sam, I agree with you, mate. I agree. Like, we it, we've got so many games coming up, haven't yep. we? But the the way I'm trying to look at it is that he's playing he's playing for his, his country, yeah. And by playing for his country, meant that and winning the gold medal, obviously, in the Asia game Asian games, means that we've got him now, and we would have missed, we'd have not had two years of him, so they can have him for a month because they let us have him for two years, you know. So long term. Yeah, you know, go and play for your country, and you know we're going to miss you. But yeah, you're right. Short term is, he, you're right. He's playing so well at the moment, and and he's one of them players, isn't he? That it's not just even his ability. Just look at the way. Like when we when we won yesterday, obviously we didn't go mental like them lot did, no. and doing silly selfies. But we were happy, weren't we? You know, we just yeah, beat yeah, and Sonny is one. the epitome. Yeah, of happy. and everyone like everyone was coming up to him and they do their handshakes and yeah. everyone loves him. And like, did you? I don't know if you saw the clip of when he goes up to Gazaniga and he gives him like a playful kick yeah. and like you know yeah, they're yeah. laughing at each other. He's yeah. he is just so. He's so important for the for the um, the mindset of that that squad, I think. And they're kind I agree, of, yeah. And that, and that's what that's that is you know what we what do we pay twenty five million for him? He's yeah, worth yeah. so much more just in what he brings to that club in and their and their attitude. You know, I think. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Um, I'm going to do this earlier than when we normally do it, but I'm going to do uh, our fan questions now, if okay. you don't mind. Let's just go because. I thought, well, you know, people listening, they may want to hear their names read out, and uh, it'd be nice. And so, I know why, uh, Sam. I know another reason why you want to do it as well, because obviously, with you drinking, if we leave it any later, you're going to struggle to pronounce some of them names even more. Even more. Yeah. Or, or my answer will just be shut up, <laughs> grab a beer. <laughs> All right, then, let's do it. Let's let's go to our fans. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, so I'm heading over to our Facebook page right now. If you've not been on our Facebook page and you listen to us, that's a little weird, but uh, it is facebook.com slash Spurs News. Um, we bring you all the news, Tottenham related, on all the teams, the first team, um, all the way down to the youth teams, and of course the ladies team as well. Um, okay, so we have our first question on here and it's from someone whose name I can't pronounce sober, let alone later, so it's a good <laughs> job I did this. Uh Abake Dadati. I have just murdered that. Um, A-B-A-C-E. What do you reckon? A-Base? I guess That's why I leave it to you. <laughs> D-A-D-A-T-E. A-Base Dad... Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I've butchered that. I apologise. Uh, drop me a message. Try and let me know how the hell to say that. Uh, do you think Harry Kane will want to leave if we don't win any trophies? Um, we've addressed this in the past. And to be honest with you, um, he's Tottenham through and through. I think as long as he sees the club showing the ambition to win and being competitive, I think he's happy. Uh, I think that could change massively if the manager changed because the whole ethos of the club would change. But right now, and we can only ever talk about right now, uh, I don't think he'd have any interest in leaving at all. Yeah, I agree. My personal take. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, I'm going to pass this one to you then, my friend. Okay, Matthew Fleming asks... 
Following mistakes by other top goalkeepers recently, such as Allison, De Gea, Pickford and Kepa, does this show that all keepers playing in the modern style, uh, in brackets playing out from the back in this sweeper keeper, are all at risk of mistakes? And should we therefore stop talking about the mistakes Loris makes? Yes, I completely agree. I knew you'd like that one. Yeah, I do, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the thing, like, uh, Loris is. You know, it was earlier in the season when everyone was screaming for Gazaniga to suddenly become Spurs number one. Yep. And it was everyone was highlighting his mistakes. I mean, Luke Lloris, you know, his his shot stopping. I'd probably put him number one in the world. I don't think anyone's is a better shot stopper than him. He's got. I think he's got his weaknesses are his distribution sometimes, and also his decision making, which leads to mistakes. And I I think yeah, Matthew's got a good point. I think like you know the, the. these goalkeepers, they're playing that style that they never used to play. And I think I did a match stats on it, didn't I, a few, few did, weeks yeah. ago. And was it Ch- Czech, funny enough, talking about Pet Pe- Czech, who's made the fewest, but he's always yeah. played in a system where, where, it, where it's not a sweeper-keeper. And, You're and, exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and there you go. You see, if a keeper's staying on his line, he's less prone to make mistakes because he's the last line of defence. Whereas if he's coming out and almost playing like a defender, he's, yep. he's, he's, he's then putting, he's, you know, he's... He's at risk of making the mistakes that defenders make. And then if a defender makes a mistake, you've still got that goalkeeper behind you. If you make the mistake and when you're, when you're out, you've got no one behind you, have you? Yeah, yeah you're done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're done. So, um, no, well, I, I agree with that as well. Um, people need to look at the overall picture, not just blame, you know, oh, he's no longer good enough. Yeah. Um, we have Stefan Cruz Alvarez. Hello, Stefan. He says, Janssen, he's still at the club and Sun will miss matches due to Asia Cup. Is it time for Janssen to do a Sissoko and learn from Pock and become a reliable backup, or do we just sell? No, it's, it's that relationship's um, died, isn't it? Yeah, I think when we took the squad number off of him at the start of the season, I, I'm fairly confident the relationship's just dead. Yeah. It's gone. Uh, the guy needs to go. Pock is very upfront with people, and I think he told him in the summer, go. Do you, um, do you know what's yeah. quite interesting, Sam? Uh, you know, uh, you were talking earlier about Danny Rose's um, uh, uh, interview or the, the comments he made after the Yes, year. yeah, he talks about his conversations with Pock. There you go, yeah, and he says, doesn't he, that Poch says to him, said to him, look, you're wasting time. If, you, if you're not committed to the club, just leave. I don't want you yeah. here. And yeah. I think that whether it's I don't know if it's his age or whatever, he's obviously took that he's took that negatively, hasn't he, Jensen? This is my this, yeah. this is my kind of guess of what's happened. So he said the same yeah. thing to him, and Jensen's like thinking, well, I'll just go then, you know, if you, if, you, if that's yeah. your attitude. Whereas Danny Rose has taken it the right way. He's like, right, I'll prove to you that how, how much I want to be at this club, and you know, he's. It, it, that's, that's the thing. That I think that's the te- that's the test for Poch, isn't it? He's he's yeah. not gonna he's he's their father figure. He, he acts as a father figure to them, and you always see him with his with his arm around their shoulder. You know, he's he's really there for them. But at the same time, you, you're not in this. You're not fully hundred percent hundred percent committed to what's got what I'm what my my um, philosophy and what I want to do. I'm not interested. Yeah. And 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 that and, and I, f- I think what's happened is Janssen's just kind of he's he's taken it he's taken it the. The, the negative way, and it's obviously then deteriorated to where it is now. So yeah, you, yeah you're right. You I can't see. Right. I can't see him ever playing for us again. No, no. I, I think you'd have to have like a bus crash and have the team have like 
whiplash or something before we get to go. Um, okay, Matt Hope. Hello, Matt. Merry Christmas. Uh, he says, a lot of talk about Surge not being up to standard. Uh, I believe he's talking about Aurier. Surely if there's anyone who's going to refine him, it's Pock. Uh, the Sissoko effect is mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. I guess similar to Sissoko, he's got all the physical attributes. It's just a mental that needs tweaking. Um, you've written a few things here, Matt, so I'm going to do it one thing at a time. I'll, I'll take this one if you don't mind, Matt. Yeah, uh, go. I never felt we should sign Serge Aurier because I felt that we had Carl Walker-Peters already there. I think the club's thinking and Pock's thinking was we needed experience. Uh, Serge certainly had that from playing in Europe, playing in the Champions League. In my estimation, he's done nothing since arriving with us where it justifies A, the price tag, and B, that he is that much better with all that experience than Kyle Walker-Peters. Now, I, I will admit I am a little bit biased towards Kyle because I've watched him play since he was, like, 15, I think. So I kind of have that affiliation with him, like I have with Winks and a few of the others, where I, I will always openly admit that I could be a little bit biased here. But um, but for me, Kyle, if he'd had the same number of games in a Spurs shirt as Serge's had... I genuinely think we'd all ju- just think of him as a solid right back right now. He, he the only way he's going to learn is by playing games. Now, Carl played, you know, in the new camp. He made the mistake which led to the goal, which is unfortunate. But he recovered in that game and put in a great performance. Prior to that, when he's played, he's been man of the match. You know, he puts everything in there. He's a Tottenham boy. I genuinely believe we'd be better selling Surge and just promoting Kyle. Mm. Now, your actual question doesn't really ask me that. It's asking me, do I think Pot could turn him into a player? Yeah, of course I do. I, I think if Serge Aurier's attitude is right, then I think he could develop... Uh, I, I, you know, I think he could develop into a very good player because he does have all of the physical attributes. But I'm not convinced his attitude's right. I'm not convinced that we should be focusing on that. You know, you can't rely on the manager to develop every single person that's signed into a superstar. Mm. You've got to try and sign a few people that are ready-made. Um, you also need to look at developing players with a larger upside. Uh, Kyle is a few years younger, and for me, does have a much larger upside. So yeah, if yeah, it was me, I'd be giving him the experience, and I'd be focusing on him and letting Surge go. Also adding to that are issues around homegrown players and the squad balance. That's one area we could immediately balance the squad. We'd probably easily get circa twenty million for Serge Aurier, which, you know, is roughly what we spent, probably a little bit of a hit. But we could easily get that for him, I think, for multiple clubs across Europe. And we can invest that into another area of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's just me, anyway. Um, the the next part of this says, um, I saw a poll the other day. Would you like to move into the new stadium as soon as possible or save it for next season? My personal preference would be to blood the pitch this season. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I think I know the answer to this. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being selfish. Take me because, home. Yeah, Take me home. as I say, I'm being selfish, but I'm just... Um, you know, I'm going to the next two home games. I'm going to Bournemouth on Boxing Day and Wolves Good on the man. 29th. Uh, but it, it's it's still like don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I, I kind of I, I think I think we spoke about it a little while ago, and I kind of I, I don't want to be negative on Wembley anymore because it's pointless. You're just not gonna you're not doing anything but affecting the, the players, are you? So we're just yeah. going to have to be positive about it. So I'm going to go to the games as many as I can. But at the same time, yeah, I just they, they did a they did a. Um, 
a little kind of test event, didn't they? I know we spoke about, but I was, yes. un- yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it wasn't successful in the ballot. But I know a few people did go who were sending me um, videos yeah. and pictures, yeah. and wow, how much. <laughs> Yeah, just, let's just, let's just get there, you know. It's just let's yeah. just be there now. Uh, do you know what I love? And just quickly on that, on talking about the new stadium as well. How yep. close is that pitch to the, to yep. the seats? Yep. That's insane. You could, you could whisper went, in that. Sorry, mate. Go on. Yeah, now everybody who went said that was the big takeaway. Yeah. we are right there. If yeah. it, and everyone, the other thing, everyone said it feels like home. Yeah, it's a yeah. new stadium, but it feels like it home. felt like and home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of special, really. Um, so the next part says also as stats don't show the whole picture, I'm going to avoid searching. But from everything you know, how's Parrot getting on? Uh, brilliantly. Um, he's 17 years old and he's playing at an under 23 level. That's kind of unheard of. Last season, uh, massive, massive thing about Rio Griffiths, um, a striker who banged them away at under-18s level. Anyone who listens to the podcast will know I constantly said, you see players do that at under-18s when they've developed physically more than their peers. So at under-18s level, he looked like a man against boys, and he was mm. bullying teams. And, mm. you know, don't get me wrong, you've still got to have skill, you still got to have the ability to do that, and he definitely had that. But when he played in the under-23s, he was anonymous. And that, to me, is always a sign of where a player is. You know, you, you can look at them, all their ability, but they still need to develop. So my big thing for Rio was always, he still needs time. He needs to play in the under-23s. He needs to maybe then get a loan. He, he needs to develop. He decided he didn't like that path at Tottenham. He wanted to get to the first team sooner. He's gone abroad. It's done. Mm-hmm. Troy is playing in the under-23s at 17 years old. So he's a year and a bit younger than what Rio is. And he looks phenomenal. Um, physically, he's up to the challenge. Uh, he, he is smart in in his play, in his positional sense. He is a clinical finisher at every level he plays. Uh, he loves he loves scoring goals, which is what every striker should be. Uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. Uh, he still needs time. He still needs time to develop. It's very easy for people to jump on a hype train with young players. And unfortunately, they get overhyped to the point that no matter what they do when they debut, it's a disappointment. Yeah, sure. We gotta be balanced with him, and I think we will see him. I I think definitely at some point this season we will see him come on for the first team. The person I feel a little bit sorry for is a striker in the academy called Kaziah Sterling. Really badly timed injuries have kind of curtailed him. He's in the under twenty threes, and he is a very very good player. If, for example, in January, I think our manager would like to see both Lorente and Janssen leave. If we're not bringing in reinforcements and that, I know people would freak out. But genuinely, with Lucas, with Sonny, and with Kazai Sterling and Para in the squad, I'd feel very confident going into the back half of the season. Wow. I genuinely don't feel we'd be let down by them at all. Mm. Um, and yeah. So there you go. Awesome. Um, the last part of this, it says, now the obvious is it relates to Pochettino. Now, um, he says, thoughts on him leaving at the end of the season? Personally, I don't see it. Would be like leaving the queue for the nemesis at Alton Towers just before you're about to get your seat. Um, <laughs> but obviously this won't go away. Uh, Stuart Burgess also asks, the Pochettino speculation seems to be growing. Do you think Levy will back him in the, in the transfer window? Uh, so I'll put that to you, my friend. What do you think about the... The yeah, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it, mate? Um, see, I I think we're we're a 
when you look at the league, no, we're not even just looking at the league. I think we're a better club than Manchester United when it comes to the squad. I think the problem we've got is that Man- it's Man- Manchester United's kind of uh, they're a bigger, I guess they're a bigger club financially. Yeah, they're one they? of the biggest in the world. Yeah, they're yeah, one of the you biggest. You can't escape that. Yeah, so so they're, they're always going to have that financial clout, and I do worry that. See, I I, I don't know. Look, I, I, you you spoke about earlier about just thinking about the now, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm okay? pouring another drink, by the Go way. On, this do... subject this subject's got me turning yeah, the alcohol. It's, Carry it's, on. Yeah, it, it, I, if if he win, I would be just absolutely devastated and and I do worry like, so you remember when, when Berbatov went to Manchester United there was nothing we yep. could do about it was there yep. I, f- I don't feel like it's like that anymore I, I genuinely don't and, and an example would be Toby you know mm-hmm. I, I think Toby would be at Man United if it was like what it was like a few years ago yeah. I just worry that Pochettino's is going to look at it and go look I've not, I wasn't backed in the summer I've got I've, I've got this, I've got Manchester United, probably the most famous club in the world that want that want, clearly yeah. wants me. They, they'll find they'll back me financially. That they'll they'll want me to do the similar thing to I do that I do at Spurs because they've got a lot of young players there at Man United, haven't they? And yeah. I, I I can see that the attraction for him. I can, and and I, and I hate thinking this, but it's just it's just thinking it's just the reality of it, I guess. But it is then, the reality. You're right. Yeah. yeah, but but then at the same time, Pochettino is a man of. He's a man of integrity and, and morals, isn't he? And, I, and and he's one. He strikes me as one of these people. Who's like, if I'm if this is my word, if I give you my word, I want to. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. Yeah, and also, at the, at the same time, how, how he I think he expects that in return. And I think he was given assurances for the summer that's just gone that did not materialise. What's what's your thoughts on it then, Sam? Um, my my thinking uh, is that he Manchester United are going to go after him. Um, a lot of people were saying it's a press thing, but I'm sorry, Man United have sacked the manager before the January transfer window, and they're not appointing a new permanent one until the end of the season. Everybody in football knows that Pop will not leave a team mid-season. Mm. That's not him. He wouldn't mm. do it. He's he's a guy who wouldn't do that. Yeah. So they've set it up. They're going to go for him. They've also now in the process of appointing Paul Mitchell, who was his director of football at Southampton. He brought with him to Spurs because he wanted him there. Then there was like a big bust up behind the scenes with Daniel Levy, etc. Paul Mitchell resigned, went off. Now Manchester United are recruiting him. You know, we're we're about one week away from Man United sending fruit baskets to his wife, <laughs> and you know, and suddenly wanting to sign his son from our academy. Do you, yeah. you see where I'm going? Yeah, with I this? do. I do, mate. They I do. are. They've got all of their ex-players doing a charm offensive. Gary Neville, everybody talking about. Oh, there's only one man. There's only. It's it's like Real Madrid with Marco. When Real Madrid come after someone, they go all out. And Manchester mm. United are following that blueprint. Mm. It is going to be from now to the end of the season relentless, yeah. and there is nothing we can do about it. Do you know? Do you know? I, I did see um, someone mention uh, as a, like if he does go, and I, and I know it's a big year. Yeah. I don't. I don't want him to, and it will be devastating if he goes. But if yeah. he did, people are talking. Uh, I've heard people talk about Eddie Howe possibly replacing him. And I can see that, you know. I can see nah, that because not not for me. No, no. Um, one because he likes Arsenal. Yeah. So I, I, when we appointed George Graham, I felt part of me died. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd struggle with that. Um, but uh, look, I I don't overly want to speculate on who, whatever, because it feels like we're accepting he's left. I genuinely believe that he is happy with us. 
but needs to be shown that we have the same ambition to move on. Yeah. You've got to remember, at the end of last season, he said to the press, to win trophies, we have to invest and do things differently. Mm. He then must have got those assurances because he signed his deal. And then nothing. We're the first team in European football since the windows brought in not to sign a player. Mm. That's not a record you want. Now, if he goes on to win a trophy this season, he's kind of on a highway to, to like, you can't lose. Yeah. If he fails to win this season, he can just point to what he said and go, well, I told everyone what we needed to do. It's not my fault. If we win a trophy this season, he's, he's a goddamn miracle worker. Yeah, look what I did without even signings, yeah. Yeah, mm. so... He's kind of like this season's a free hit for him, but we're now about to hit January. And like I just mentioned, Manchester United haven't made a permanent appointment before a transfer window. They're going all out for him in the mm. summer. That's mm. clear. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's come in. It's a short-term deal. They've published the details of it and everything. So they've made it clear to everybody, including our manager, that it's a short-term thing. Now, Ole could come in, turn that club around and make him world beaters. And the whole situation changes. I don't think that's likely, but you never know in football. It's a crazy business. I think in this window coming up right now, Daniel Levy needs to do something. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I I don't know what, because I genuinely believe his hands are tied by the financial situation the club's in. Joe Lewis is not an owner who's gonna say, Yeah, here's a hundred million investment from me. Let's uh, let's make sure we keep the guy. He's not going to do that. For all the, you know, Enoch in, Enoch out, all that rubbish, to him it is an investment, and he is going to make a fortune when he sells this club. Yeah. And he is not going to shell out his own money to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's underwritten the stadium, etc., from his own money, but that's because he knows even if it's late, he's still quids in. So... It is it is difficult. It is a really difficult situation. I can remember the Harry Redknapp situation where he got linked with the England job. That's right. We were, what, 14, 15, 16 points above Arsenal on the table. We were nailed on for the top four. The whole team fell apart. The season fell to pieces. And it just all went. And it was awful. I hope as a club, because, you know, Daniel Levy was in charge then, he has learned the lesson of that. And he is going to try and address it in as much as, you know, you are loved here. What do you need? And I think, I think Mauricio, and this is personal and it could be completely biased here. And I'll say I could be completely biased. I think he'd be mad to make a move from a club where he is in control of everything. He's had input into the stadium, you know. He is literally now part of the foundations of the new Tottenham Hotspur going forward. The analogy of why would you wait in line all this time just to leave before the ride you know, gets going. He he needs to know that after all of this work they've put in to build the club to be competitive, he's now going to get the support which takes us from being competitive to being winners. And I think if he can be shown that, I don't think he has any interest in going anywhere. Yeah, to continue your analogy, he he needs to know that when he gets on that ride, he's as good as it's promised. Yeah, yeah, you got it, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, that's my view on it. Anyway, um, I when the news came out, it was really quite a gutting thing to read because I read it and I immediately had that sinking feeling of they are going to go all out for him, and they really are. And we know our squad are his squad. 
they are all linked to him. You know, Hugo Lloris, I go where he goes. Yeah, yeah. He said that five, six times now. Mm. You know, there are players in our team, Christian Eriksen, etc., other players who on a regular basis have, have basically openly said, well, I'm loyal to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're... Uh, it, it's awful to read this crap every day. The Tottenham press secretary shut it down today during the press conference, and I, I think we need to take a hard line on it. Yeah. Pock answered the questions earlier this week when the news broke. You know, straight back. I don't comment on rumours. Today, that was all they wanted to talk about again, and we shot it down. The headlines are going to read, Tottenham block won't allow Mauricio to answer questions. I actually watched the footage of the press conference earlier. Mauricio's laughing his head off. (laughs) So, it's, you know, he just thinks it's funny. Because it's speculation, he's just getting on with job. But uh, Linton Ford was the final one. He basically says, why does the media hate us and insist on trying to unsettle our players and now the manager? Um, I think it's very subjective, Linton. I think, for example, if you were a Southampton fan, you'd be laughing your head off right now. Because they'll be thinking... It was you gits who took our manager from us. Um, mm, yeah. And the media sold all of our squad to Liverpool. Um, I think there are several clubs. It's kind of the way the world works. We think of Tottenham as the biggest club in the world. Unfortunately, we're not. Yeah, and one Real Madrid, one Barcelona, one Manchester United come knocking at the door. There is always going to be the, oh, well, everyone wants to go to them. They're bigger. Mm, so, mm. yeah, and that's kind of the the wonderful wonderful world the media we live in the <laughs> bunch of <laughs> get your beat anyway. machine out again sir <laughs> yeah I'll have to get it I'll have to get it out um, but good news my friend it's time for me to open another door on the advent calendar awesome it's time to open another door on our advent calendar hey it's Laura um, just want to wish all you Spurs News podcast um, fans a Merry Christmas and a great new year. Um, don't do anything I wouldn't do, which leaves you wide open there. Um, uh, have fun. Take care. Bye. That was Laura, one of the Spurs News admins, talking about being wide open for Christmas. <laughs> I, must, I must have misheard what she said. <laughs> I think that might be her pole dancing show, wide open this Christmas. Come along to the Lusty Leopard and... You'll uh, you'll have a good time. Um, as for Laura, tell her Matt sent you. No, um, that's, that's lovely, Laura. All joking aside, it was wonderful, and I have a I make a lot of fun at her expense. But she's wonderful. She's the voted Spurs fan, and she puts up with a lot of crap from me, to be honest with you. So, mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, Laura. Yeah, Merry Christmas, and, and I mean that very much. So, mm-hmm. um, very quickly, I just want to mention the Burnley win because. There's nothing quite like a last-minute winner. Lovely, isn't it? And, and also, like you know, obviously we beat Arsenal yesterday, but it's nothing like winning at the same weekend that they lose as well. So it makes it that extra bit sweeter, doesn't it? But yeah, last last-minute winner. That was just. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but was you confident that was always going to come? Because I wasn't. I, I I'd kind of gone through the full spectrum of we got this, we're battering them. Oh, yeah. it's going to be one of them days. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on, we're on top. Ericsson's on now. Come on, we're going to get this. 
Oh, it's definitely going to be one of them days, and then wallop, we scored. It was like the ninety-second minute, I think. Yeah, do you know? Do you know what as well? I, I thought yeah. it was going to ruin my draw stats as well. So I was like, I couldn't. That was the thing that was upsetting uh, me the most. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. That was what was on my mind as well. I was thinking, oh, poor Matt. It's going to it's going to ruin uh, his draws. We're, we're losing two points, but sod that. I'm more upset that poor Matt is is losing his stat appeal. <laughs> um. Now we we have uh, we got a game with Everton coming up as well, so I just want to mention that quickly. Uh, Everton on paper have got a bloody strong side. Yeah. I, I saw the match day squad they put out, and I just looked at all the names, and I'm like, I recognise every name mm. in the Everton match day squad, and I recognise them all for being good players. Yeah, sure. Um, they they I think have got the potential if they ever really work it out and click to be a, a good side. Um, I've always had a not a soft spot, but I've always quite liked Everton as a club, probably because we have no great big rivalry with them. We've always kind of both been in the Premier League together, and they're not Liverpool, which yeah. helps. Um, probably the only other fan base in the country who can fully understand the, wow, Liverpool fans are mental. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? What's your predictions going into that game, it's, my friend? It's going to be a tough one, isn't it? It's going to be a tough is, one. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, beat them, we did the double over them last season, didn't we? Um, uh, we did, we did, which probably has them a little bit amped up for it. Yeah, um, I mean, you're right. You, we talk about them not clicking. They haven't, have they? And no. they just don't seem to have clicked since. I mean, they they went on a big spending spree last season, didn't they? Pre-season, they did, yeah. and they they just, they just haven't. It's like you say, they've got the potential there to be far do far better than what they are actually doing. And yeah, well, let's I just, hope it done clicking the gear no, this weekend. No, thank um, no, no. I'll, I'll t- I, I think we hopefully we'll win. I mean, you know, we're we're in good form at the moment. We're uh, you know went to New Camp and got got a result. I didn't win, yeah, but I I, I think it's. I mean, we're having to rotate the sides so much. It's going to be interesting who we field. I mean, that's that's one thing that immediately comes to mind. But I mean, the game's on Sunday. Hopefully, everyone's had a good chance to recover. Um, I know one Foyf's back. Uh, Toby's played a lot of games, so maybe he needs to be rotated out. Jan's definitely still out. Yeah. Uh, but Sanchez is back, so we could see Sanchez come back in. Uh, possibly Ben Davis carrying on. Who knows? Uh, Danny Rose has just played three games in a short space of time for the first time in forever. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna, be, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see who plays. Really. I, I, I wouldn't. Guess. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, Sam. I, I wouldn't. Talking about the the, the our defense, I wouldn't want to see Sanchez and Foyth playing as two centre backs together. Like um, I, 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 together, I, I think if one of them if one of them was playing with Toby, then I, that, that's fine for me. But I, I feel like. The, the, the two of them are too... But but that's that's our future central defensive yeah, pairing right yeah, now. Yeah, future, future, but not oh, not, not as in no. Sunday future. The future is now. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, yeah, get, get tonked. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is JC, the voiceover guy. I just want to wish all the listeners of the Spurs News Podcast a very Merry Christmas and happy new year now back to the show so yeah let's let's move on and we've got a bit of fun now which has made me a little bit nervous um <laughs> so your 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 son has got five questions yes you're gonna go under sibs spurs spotlight mate it's time to put someone under Sibs spotlight 
So yeah, Seb's got five questions for you. Uh, uh, he, he, he wanted to get involved in the podcast, so I said, right, we'll do it this way. So here, here's his first question for you. Question one, who's your f- favourite Spurs player? Ooh, what, of all time or the current squad? I think he, I think he, he wants to serve all time, I think. Oh, of all time? Yeah. Oh, oh that's difficult, but I'm going to say Gary Mabbott. Yeah, I know you've got. He's from your, isn't yeah. he from your town, isn't he? He is, mate. Yeah, he's yeah, Bristol boy. Awesome. Bristol boy went on the play for Tottenham. How could I say anybody else? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, right? This is his next one for you. This yep. question number two. Question two: What was your favourite goal from last night, Sunny Udelielli? Oh, it's got to be Deli's goal. Yeah, I, I, I was just blown away by that finish. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, Sunny did brilliant, but Deli's. Yeah, that was just phenomenal. Think, Absolutely amazing goal. I think the thing is with Delhi as well, you know, we forget how young he is, and he just, this is part of his game, he just oozes confidence, doesn't he? He always yeah. has. He's never been short of it, has he? No, no, yeah. and that goal, well, mate, that was something. Else. That was stand up and applaud even in my living room territory. That was something else. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, here you go, mate. Here's the next one. Question three, what's your favourite Spurs kit? Oh, favourite kit of all time or of this season? I think of all time. Okay, back in 2001, Adidas. Uh, we had Holston as the sponsor, had stripes on the sleeves. I love that shirt. Yeah, yeah. I still have it. And I, I say to myself, one day I'm going to get back in that shirt. He <laughs> says, whilst he nails his fifth drink of the <laughs> afternoon. Yes, yeah, it? yeah, so it's definitely that shirt. You'll have to look it up online, Seb. We'll <laughs> send you a picture. <laughs> too young. Was, it this, was it the one when Hilda was manager? And, uh, uh, what was that? You got it, mate. Yeah, yeah and we had Holston, yeah. didn't we, as a sponsor? Yeah, yeah we had yeah, Holston. It was Adidas Holston. shirt. Holston. I like the Adidas shirts, genuinely. Yeah. You know. um, yeah, I did. I'm not a big fan of the Nike ones. Yeah, awesome. Right, here's his next one for you, mate. This is question yep. four. Question four, what's the best Spurs match you've been to? It's got to be my first one, to be honest with you, which was the FA Cup semi-final in 1991, Tottenham Arsenal. Uh, we won 3-1, and Paul Gascoigne scored a free kick, which I still remember to this day, because the guy in front of me was complaining he was going to have a shot. I was young, uh, you know. I can't think how old I was now. Uh, 91, so I would have been oh, eight, I think, <laughs> roughly. Yeah. So yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was very happy. Oh, so um, that, that was that's just. I've been to a lot, you know, home and away, and uh, that just as a memory from my first ever game still stands out. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you know. In in the last sort of. 30, 40 years. I don't think many games top that one, do they? When just that, that, just the sheer like it's beating Arsenal and the and the goal and oh, just everything yeah. about it, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was. I mean, it just the old Wembley as well was special. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've been to New Wembley and everyone knows who listens to this. I can't stand the place, um, <laughs> yeah. but the old Wembley was a special place. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Awesome. All right, and this is your last one, mate. Okay. Christian Five, are you a real pirate? <laughs> I am indeed, young lad. You're a young Seb. I got Bless the him. iPad to prove it. <laughs> Thank him. you, Seb. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I am. Thank you, yes. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, well, that was fun. Thank you, Seb. Um, Merry Christmas, young man. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we have um, now one of my favourite things and we have to do it because otherwise fans riot and that of course is the hand over to you to provide us with some festive Matt Stats 
it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Yeah, some festive Matt Stats for our festive edition. Um, I thought I'd look back at sort of how, you know, games we've played over Christmas. So yep. I, I, I thought I'd look back at the history of, of, you know, our games. And, you know, I've gone almost back to the start. So our first competitive uh, match on uh, uh, Boxing Day uh, was in eight, the 1898-99 season yeah. where we, we played Southampton away. Uh, unfortunately, we lost. And uh-huh. um, we actually played them uh, for 10 years in a row on Boxing Day. And it wow. was it was a pretty abysmal record to be honest with you. We played them ten times in, on the trot yeah. on Boxing Day. In those ten games, we won one of them. Uh, right. We drawn three and we lost six, which is a bit abysmal. And what what, uh, what period of time was this? This was in the, the so the eighteen so the, it started off in the eighteen ninety eight ninety nine ah, and in the right. first few years of the nineteen hundred. So uh, really right. early days. So our, our first home uh, Boxing Day game. I was against Oldham, Oldham Athletic, and we beat them three nil, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And I thought I'd just uh, mention our first North London derby at Christmas, and it was in 1911. Yeah, uh, it was on Christmas Day. Enough, yes, and uh, we beat them five nil. It was White the Hart Christmas Lane. Day massacre. The Christmas Day massacre. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Was but that, it, was that five nil? Five nil. Wallachton five nil. Yeah. yeah. But that I, was against Woolwich. Yeah. Yeah, Woolwich Arsenal. Yeah, which they are really still, aren't they? They've kind of like they uh, are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I didn't realise this, and something I'm not sure if you were aware of as well. But for many years, teams played a double header at Christmas. Um, so they really they, this, this actually stopped only as far back as fifty eight, fifty nine. But we used to um, used to play the same team home and away. The first game was on Christmas Day, and the next the next game was on Boxing Day. Wow, that's really? mental, isn't it? Absolutely true, but absolutely mental. Uh, the last one we had was in the fifty eight, fifty nine season. And funny enough, it, Bill Nicholson had taken over only a few weeks before. Yeah. And the Christmas Day uh, fixture was against West Ham at Upton Park. We lost 2-1. The Christmas, uh, the Boxing Day fixture was in White Hart Lane and they beat us 4-1. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, yeah, a bit, bit dreadful. But we got yeah. a revenge two years later. It was the the season where we did the double. So we beat them uh, 2-0. Uh, Christmas Eve at White Hart yep. Lane and beat him at 3 0 Upton Park uh, uh, on Boxing Day a couple of days later. Well, so we got should, our revenge. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you imagine making footballers play two games in I two know, days now? In, in 24 hours, and it was home and away. I think, yeah. um, looking it up, I think it, they a lot of the they were they they determine the fixtures by locality. Yeah, so they must have done. So you was never going to play Newcastle on Christmas Day and then. Play him at yeah, your grand. Yeah, yeah. You're not, not going yeah, to be on a trek to Newcastle one day and back home. Yeah. No, that'd be mental. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, finally, I just uh, on the on the Boxing Day theme and Christmas theme, I, I thought I'd look at uh, our game last season against Southampton, which was a pretty impressive five-two win, wasn't it? It was, but it was our man Harry Kane that was uh, breaking all the records on that in that game. So he he, he scored a hat trick. Uh, on the day, which I'm sure you can all remember, which took him to yep. 56 goals in 52 games, which is just ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it meant that he surpassed Messi and became the um, the highest goal scorer in that calendar year in 2017 yep. in Europe in all the European leagues. Yep. 
Uh, also, he scored that hat trick he scored on Boxing Day last year was his eighth hat trick of 2017. Yep. To put into perspective how fantastic that was, right? So, of those eight, six of them were in the Premier League. So he scored six Premier League hat tricks in 2017. Yep. Now, in that in that year, in that calendar year, there was only another six. Uh, Premier League hat tricks scored, so basically there was twelve Premier League ha- Premier and League hat tricks scored, scored and he scored half of them. <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? It's just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, he, he's slacked off. He has a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, what I mean, the World the... Cup golden boot? That's oh, all. Oh. Yeah. Come on, oh, mate. Dear. Pull your socks up. But he he also broke a. As I'm sure you can all remember, he broke Shearer's Premier League goal-scoring record yep. in the calendar year as well, uh, which was 39 goals scored. So, yeah. yeah, just unbelievable. And I know we we forget, we're not we don't forget, but I think we take him for granted a little bit sometimes, don't we? And it's stats like that that just bring it home just how how good of a player Harry Kane is. Just he's just My, world class. Yeah, phenomenal hero. Yeah, and, absolutely. And he's, bring in more and more fans to the club all the time as well which is good yeah um okay so is that the festive match stats done it is indeed mate well i have the final door to open on our advent calendar and this is this is a special one. Oh wow it's time to open another door on our advent calendar Anna Philby here, just wishing everyone at Spurs News and Spurs News listeners a very Merry Christmas. See, that's Anna Philby of Spurs Ladies wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas. Awesome stuff, I love it, I love it. Yeah, she's lovely, Anna. Yeah, yeah. She she is like a cross between Eric Dyer and Christian Eriksen. <laughs> and that's her words. <laughs> that's her words. Ronaldinho has nothing on her. <laughs> No, joking aside, she's lovely. I had a great yeah. interview with her. If you've not heard it, go back and check our back catalogue. Um, she speaks really well, talks a lot about uh, real insight into the ladies' game, uh, both at Spurs and in general. Um, really nice, love talking to her. Um, my friend, we have one final piece of business before we wrap this up, and it's the thing a lot of people have possibly been waiting for, maybe even a fast-forward of this podcast to get to, <laughs> and that is the announcement of the winner of our competition to win a Spurs shirt, home, away, or third. Uh, we only had 14 entries to this. So if you're listening to this and you didn't enter, why? You know, <laughs> exactly. The odds of winning this is so small because people just don't bother, which is mind-bending to me that people don't bother. Um, but yeah, my friend, um, I've numbered these 1 to 14. Okay. Um, I've written them down on the pad in front of me. And you're going to get the pick. You've just got to pick a number between 1 and 14. Whoever you pick is going to be the winner. Right, what I've done is I've got my, my nice little pad next to me and I've written all 14 numbers in circles. Yep. And I'm just going to close my eyes and put my finger down to which yep. one. Okay, you ready? Go. Number 6. Number six. Da, 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 da. Number six is a lady called Jessica Mace. Fantastic. Dun dun dun. Well done, Jessica. You have won a Tottenham shirt. Now, Jessica, if you are listening, I need a message from you like now so I can get this sent to you tomorrow. I need uh, your full address for the postage and I need to know which shirt and I need to know what size. Uh, if it's a child, they do it by age. So give me the age of the child and the, the go that way. Uh, if it's a ladies fitted, then find the sizes on the Spurs website. Uh, men's the sizes are on there as well. 
let me know as soon as possible. Get the email to me at sam at spursnews.co.uk because that's on my phone. I'll pick it up straight away. I will get it couriered tomorrow and it will be with you in time for Christmas. Awesome. As promised. Fantastic. I think I need to know by lunchtime tomorrow. No pressure. Yeah. So no pressure. (laughs) I probably should have done this competition last week, but I forgot. So (laughs) sue me. Um, But no. But yeah, uh, well done to Jessica. Uh, Big thank you to everybody who entered. If you didn't win this time, there will be more chances to win different things in the new year. Uh, We will be back, obviously, between Christmas and New Year, because Tottenham don't stop. Uh, So we'll be back (laughs) next week. Um, Whether I'll still be drunk, who knows? But I'll give it a damn good go. Um, But my friends, that's it. We're done. I want to say a massive thank you to you. Um, You keep me company on a regular basis. Put up with me sounding like a pirate. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, uh, big thank you to you. Big thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, We got an audience of several hundred. uh, Fluctuates slightly. We we got up to about 350. We were down to 250. We're back up to about 300. So a big thank you to every single one of you. We really appreciate it. We always really appreciate the messages people send uh, that you're listening and that you're enjoying it and you're having a good time. Hopefully you've had a good time during this podcast and you have a really great Christmas and a happy new year. Stay safe uh, and have a great time. And a happy Christmas to you, Sam. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Christmas Special. We hope you had a lovely Christmas and a happy new year. 